Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. This is the second episode of the podcast. My name is Russell Sun Eagle. On today's show, I have a man that is a professional boxer, a Oklahoma boxing state champion, and he is a motivational speaker as well. And he is just a conqueror of all things that life has thrown at him. Um, he is Dennis the Pawnee Express Knife Chief. <laughs> Noah, this is Dennis Knife Chief. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to be here with my daughter Russell and and yeah to uh speak to the to the viewers to the listeners and let y'all know that you all can be conquerors as well as long as you know you're willing to put in the work and uh stay consistent and believe you heard that first everybody some good words <clears throat> so how you been man it's been a long time yeah it has been when was the last time i remember pawnee powwow is that yeah no prob- or was it no dapple is Man, I don't know. It's one of them too. I know, but I, I would probably, I'd probably just say, just be safe and we'll just say Pawnee Powwow, because yeah. <laughs> we see we see each other every time, you know, yeah. every year, every year, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so how have you been, man? I've been good, Adi. I've been good. I've just been, uh, been, been working my butt off, man. Uh, yeah. Grinding, training, staying ready. Um, this uh you know we're we're into 2021 it's january you know the end of january we made it through 2020 man we're you know if uh if you weren't a man before 2020 man you're you're a full-grown adult now because (laughs) if you made it through it man uh man yeah you you learned a lot and you're definitely stronger from it i know i am yeah it was a tough year for everyone i guess mm-hmm. it's been a tough mm-hmm. year how was uh how was your year with covid and everything for uh what you do boxing oh man it was uh it was rough uh i mean okay so last year of february mm-hmm. um we were training uh my old coach um pastor bo jr or pastor bo his son is bo jr but we had a fight offer over on the zone uh yeah uh it's uh one of the biggest you know the one of the biggest networks boxing networks um in in the united states or in the world really so uh we got an offer and you know we did negotiations and we got to fight february 29th i believe and uh it was on the mikey garcia uh jesse vargas undercard at the cowboy training stadium in frisco texas so uh you know that that was that was good but we um we ended up losing in the third round like it was a tko because uh the dude caught me with the left hook and i mean it didn't hurt me didn't hurt me but i was just moving rope it open never was dropped and the ref just hopped up in there you know but um but it's all good you know um a lot of a lot of experience and um man that was i ain't gonna lie out of all my 25 pro fights uh this was yeah this is my 25th one and dang it, Dottie, like, 
nothing nothing like like the nerves man because you know that there's the biggest shows I've, I've ever fought on you know and um it was on the zone and uh world champions were there were fighting there mm-hmm. i got to meet like uh three world champions you know just parker he's a heavyweight uh former world champion i got to meet uh jesse vargas he's a welterweight champion i got to meet chocolatito uh jose uh gonzalez i think is his name he's they call him chocolatito he's like he's a beast and uh and actually another one uh this guy from russia but uh yeah we were at the hotel and um you know it it was uh it was surreal but uh man before that fight that day man i was i was about to throw up <laughs> it was crazy yeah i was i was surprised but i mean you know um just like ali says you know if your dreams don't scare you you're not dreaming big enough so exactly so how to go up in that thing man and get it how long has it been now since you've been fighting now it's been <clears throat> 11 months uh yeah 11 months because february yeah february of last year would would make it 11 months Mm because this coming up one would make it a year you know february is coming up and uh yeah it's been it's been been a while i've known you for ever but um could you tell the uh, the listeners a little about a little more about yourself you know where you grew up how you grew up what kind of led you on this journey that you're on right now yeah yeah for sure uh you know grew up in good old Pawnee Oklahoma you know that's basically a reservation you know it's it's uh it's not like you know the ones in other places but I mean it is where the Jodic stock as a white man placed us from Nebraska so I mean it's uh it's pretty it can be rough you know um and yeah like uh we we got a lot of family that still live there and my mom um single mom uh you know took us out of there um whenever she went to school and just try to get us out of that environment you know uh whenever we're 11 and uh yeah and since then you know my dad wasn't there so it's me my daughter john michael uh he's in the service right now in the army so that's awesome and my sister my little sister lexi well she wasn't born yet but anyways we uh we moved to norman and you know went through um went through uh, middle school up there you know at jackson elementary and you know throughout my whole life we'd always have a cousin that would stay with us you know Mm -hmm. and and i mean of course when you're when you're kids you overhear things so i'd hear like my mom or you know my grandma talking about you know so and so like you know they need to get their act together so you know so they could take care of these kids which is sometimes my cousins every now and then that would be staying with us and and i knew it. i heard it was because of drinking and uh, drugs or whatever so as a kid hearing that i would always wonder like what's so amazing what's so great about this drug these drugs and alcohol this mm-hmm. these this drug this uh bottle that makes them not want to take care of my my cousin that's with us that's living with us now you know so i was curious you know i wasn't scared of it i was like Honestly, I I just wanted to try it, you know, just to, just because I guess, and uh, and that's why my dad wasn't there. So I was like, man, wonder, wonder what so wonder what the hype's about, you know. So sure enough, you know, I ended up, uh, I think, mm, I like, what was it, sixteen? We were in Norman. We moved, went through a lot of, you know, 
a lot of adolescent stuff. Uh, when I was 13, I got sent to it. I got in trouble. My dad tried to come back. Mm-hmm. My dad um, and me and him got into a fight. I got sent to a juvenile place for a weekend. You know, I thought it was tough, but, I mean, it was just a weekend. But anyways, uh, then at 16, we moved to Shawnee, and and I drunk with uh, some cousins, and, man, I'm, man I, I got tore up, dude, and, man, I got so messed up that my mom had to bathe me, my dad had to, my dad was there, and he's like, I was just saying sorry to him, and I just remember, you know, remember that, and my mom had to check on me, see if I was going to throw up on myself, and, you know, all that, and, and uh, you know, I said that'd be it, but, of course, it wasn't, you know, um, so that was that at at as a man i don't know actually i think that was 14 or 15 because at 16 man like i've been through a lot man like at 16 um so at 14 that happened and then at 16 man it's been a minute since i've been thinking of you know since i thought about you know my past but i have you know since when i was 16 i I got in trouble again, so I just had problems throughout that time. Once I started drinking it and all that, whatever, then got introduced to drugs and alcohol, you know. So, and then at 16, um, I dropped out as freshman. We were living in Shawnee, and then I, we moved back to Pawnee, you know. And I was a freshman, and uh, my brother, you know, he he was uh, he got sent off. He got in trouble, um, and. Um, and then I, I missed him, and then my mom had a boyfriend or whatever. And anyways, I just used it as an excuse, so I dropped out. Mom made me get my GED. Mm-hmm. Took me three tries, but I got it. And then uh, that's what the beginning of the or yeah, beginning of the end with like me messing up. You know, like I started like getting involved in you know hanging out with my older cousins, just drinking around all the time. You know, Darren, Darren Diamond. You know, R.I.P. to him and. You know, um, like I was just hanging out with them, and then uh, at 16, I uh, I punched a window, and um, you know, I drunk too much, punched the window, almost lost my my arm, almost lost my life. It was crazy. I was in ICU for three days. Um, man, I got I got loads of loads of uh, things that has that have happened to me, mm-hmm. of me like, man, it's just like. Like, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he's there to, you know, he's there to comfort us, us all, as long as we allow that, you know, as long as we believe. Like, that's what I believe. So, you know, throughout all these struggles that I put my own self through, like, he always had mercy. I always could run to him, and I was fine, you know, and I could get back on my feet. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to run through it real quick. So, 16, I did that. I almost, you know, lost my life. They said I'd never be able to use my right arm again. So, like, whenever I punched that window, I got 23 staples right here. I'm showing Russ the uh, scar. And then that right here is the main artery. If it had hit that artery, I'd have been gone. So, like, all my muscles were all messed up in there. Like, it's basically, like, I'm flexing right there. You can touch it. Uh And there's no muscle there. So anyways, that's what happened when I was 16, bro. Like, so that happened. They said I was never going to use my arm, never get to get to play basketball. You know, I love basketball. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, dang. And then uh, I got hooked on uh, pills, you know, because they gave me pain meds. And then I got hooked on them. 
And then, um, of course, it just kept getting worse. Uh, at 17, uh, right before I turned 17, I think uh, I got in trouble. Uh, went out with some cousins, got in trouble. Uh, then I came back uh, to the house, causing problems with my big brother. Me and him got into a fight. My mom tried to break it up. And uh, and then she called the cops because they just couldn't control me. So that was in Pawnee. And they can't pick me up. Put me in the jailhouse or whatever. Or they put me in the fire department and just handcuff or zip tie me or whatever. And uh, they told me I was going to be able to leave. But I was like, I felt so bad that I was just like, I was like, man, forget this. I was like, man, I can't go. I don't want to go back home. You know, I need help. Honestly, it's a cry for help. Like, I was like, I don't want to go back home and face, you know, what I did, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, so I told them I was calm. I told the police officer, I was kind of sobered up, but uh, I was like, hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Can I sit in there? And they, they trusted me and they put my handcuffs from the back or the zip ties from the back to the front. And I was in there waiting in the waiting room. He's like, yeah, you're going to get to leave. And I was like, heck no, I ain't going to leave. So I, so I sent in that chair. I grabbed that chair. Boom, boom, boom. Grabbed it. Tried to bust it on that win- window inside the waiting room in that police uh, police uh, office or whatever. And then I busted that chair on the, on the window. And then he was like, all right, you're going. You're going somewhere now. And I was like, awesome. He's like, that's a felony. And I was like... Oh well, I don't, I don't want to go back home and face what, what I, how I acted, you know. Yeah. So I got sent off for for a year. I went to Pahuska for three months, um, waiting placement for a group home, and uh, and I ended up getting into a fight over there because it's got there's whenever you're in jail, any of them types of places you like got to prove yourself or you gotta. There's there's nothing but you know they're they don't care you know so you kind of have that put out that vibe too so people leave you alone you know so i got into a fight beat this guy up whatever and then i finally got sent off to a group home in norman did that for nine months nine ten months went through my trials over there yeah i went through a lot of trials over there like i got into two fights um at first i was trying to be cool and calm you know trying to like i'm just trying to do my time and see my fam but I was in there with twelve kids that were that were troubled, you know, and uh, and I had a I was trying to be cool, but after a while you just get tired of it. So so I beat up this one kid. He came in my room. I beat him up. Whatever. He asked for it, and he got in more trouble because he came into my room. And and um, anyways, that happened. And then you know we got in trouble. Like um, man, it's crazy too. Like. Somebody died in our family, and I got a pass, a free pass to go to Pawnee and and uh, go to that funeral. And I found liquor in the in the uh, fridge, and I drank it, and I blacked out, and I got in trouble with the cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they took me back to that group home, and the group home was like, uh, my mom said that they well, my mom and my brother had to drive me over there because uh, well before that they're like, do you guys want still want him? And they were they could have said no and sent me off somewhere worse, or they could have said yeah, which they did, thank God. Yeah. And I could have started all over. And that's what happened. I went over there, had to start all over. There's certain levels you have to get to to, to get out. I got dropped to one. You know, started bending my way up, you know, was doing good. And then then uh you know, a few months later or whatever, there's this bully in there that would pick on everybody. He's just a 
I guess uh, if you watch 60 Days In, he's like a pod boss or whatever. He's like the OG in there or whatever, but I got sick of him. So I ended up beating him up. I elbowed him in the face, cut his face open. He had to go to the doctor, get stitches. And so they they had a grand staffing with uh, my mom and the staff and they said if you don't straighten up now you'll go you'll get i was uh 17 so they were like if you don't straighten up now you'll go to kojak till you're 23 and i was like oh crap i was like all right i'm i'm good so after that grand staffing for that group home when i was 17 uh i straightened up man i straightened up like even some of them kids would try to even this kid that i beat up already he's like trying to fight me again like they were just trying to crabs in the bucket they're trying to pull me down you know mm-hmm. so but i had to you know i had to you know think about what's more important to me and that's my family mm-hmm. and that's god so um so yeah i got out of that i was turned 18 i do great for a year a year and a half end up breaking up with this one of my first loves or whatever and uh, i was doing good for a year and a half like i say and then uh right before i turned 19 bro I freaking drink too much, act a fool. Uh, one of my one of my cousins on the right side, uh, Jared Leader, mm-hmm. uh, me and him get in trouble, and uh, I was driving my Cadillac. It's four in the morning, and um, and I, I wreck it, and we're pulling over to houses like, and he was a, he he liked to steal, so I was like, hey bro, go see if you could find a spare tire, see if it matches up with this or whatever with my tire. Like I was gonna fix it, but that's how tore up we were. And he was stopping. This is four in the morning. And I was in there driving with sparks. You know, I remember the sparks, like just seeing the light in the front. Um, and yeah, like, and eventually the cops seen us. And I tried to act like um, I was dropping him off at a house, you know, like it was like it was his house. Yeah. And they were like, there's like, what are y'all doing? And I was like, I'm dropping him off. And then, uh, and then they were like, I guess the owners of the house that the cars that he was breaking into and I was, you know, being an accessory of that, mm-hmm. um, they were like, we don't know him. So they were like, all right, let's get rid of him. You know, so they threw us in when I was 18 and I think he's like 19 or something. And and uh, I ended up spitting on the officer on the way. Yeah. And he pulls over, roughs me up a little bit. Um, so then I'm in jail, go to go to jail they oh i start acting up when i'm in jail because like i'm tore up still you know like you know indians you know most indians get crazy whenever they drink too much liquor yeah so uh or if they don't know how to control or have the discipline to uh control themselves and know that limit you know but anyway so when i was in there i cracked the window i hit the window i cracked it i was causing problems so they put me in this uh, rec room with the with uh in a chair that strapped me up and then uh yeah then they put me in whenever i sobered up they put me in with the the d pod which is the worst pod with uh there's a couple of people in there for murder there's uh people that were in prison and a lot of people in that pod were waiting to pull chain to go to prison and i was an 18 year old kid thought i was done thought i fixed everything in my life and now here i am blacked out wake up in jail with three felonies and i was just like dang this sucks you know it was just like it's just uh surreal man and i was just like dang why why god like why is this happening 
of course it's just it's because of how i acted you know i didn't listen i i didn't i didn't listen to my mom you know so anyways um they put me they put me in there i um do six months in in jail um, they give me the first thing they offer me is five years suspended, which means that them three felonies won't be uh, wiped off my record whenever I finish probation. So I'll have to like pay a lot of money to get them expunged, and we plan on doing that later on. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, that happened. Uh, I get out. I get out. Five years suspended after six months. Go through the probation. Clear, bro. I do great, except for a month before my probation ends. I freaking I hang out with my cousin, one of my cousins, and uh, you know Lindsay Nuttall, you know, or dang, give him name drop, a China, but <laughs> but I mean that's that's the reality of it though, you know. Sorry to put you out there though, sis, but I mean it's real though. Like, um, you know, we got family, you know, we we all got family members that that aren't living right, that that haven't changed, you know, and unfortunately that's still that's just the way it is, you know. So, anyways, that happened. Um, hang out with my cousin, act up again. I spit on an officer. So, yeah, after the, uh, my other, yeah, after my recent probation, I spit on an officer. They offered me drug court. I take drug court. I do great. I finished up with drug court for two years. So I'm doing good. And during this time, I'm I'm still boxing, dude. Like, it's crazy. So like, yeah, I'm boxing. I do good and then uh after it's crazy like these drug court programs are really strict bro like every day you have to call in and they call your color you gotta go pee test blah 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 all that yeah and then like they don't have no they don't have no system to to get you off mama's titty <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right after like they don't they don't gradually put you into the real world they two years you straight you got to do meetings this you're just strict and then they just let you free Whenever you like, you know, you have money, you have a new car, you know, after two years, if you're, if you finish that program, you're going to have some, you know, you're going to have some, some things that you've, uh, that, that you've uh, obtained through that, that sober life through that, you know, hard work that you had to do to graduate that program. And, and a lot of people go straight back and that's what happened to me a month later, bro. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had a brand new car I started hanging out with my old friends so I finished that uh that drug court and it's over. Like my 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 felony was expunged, that one that I spit on the officer for the second time. That's expunged, all that's history. So I was like, cool. And then uh, you know, I ended up a month not even a month later, bro, freaking I had a uh, I had a, a drop top, you know, I had a you know, I had a nice car, nice job, had my home and dang at like what is it, eighteen like around 23 bro like man uh i don't know man no it's like 24 20 no i think it's like 26 yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it was like 26 that happened and i was 26 and man dude i had a fight coming up i had to defend my title so during that time that i was in drug court uh i won that title so that was good so anyways then i I was supposed to defend my title after I finished that probation and um and 
yeah, uh, you know, training camp is stressful. So I went to get out and go to a, to a fair, hung out with some friends, ended up drinking, drinking liquor, bro, acted up. I guess I, my friend, I don't know. And I ended up driving off, wrecked my car or whatever. Cop finds me in the middle of a pasture in Shawnee, mm -hmm. comes, tries to get me, pick me up. And, um, and I guess I kick him. I don't know what it is with me and man assault and all this, but man, that's just that's just what kind of I guess you know that's just what kind of person I turn to whenever I just go all out and never I and I drink liquor like I don't even mess with liquor no liquor whatever I don't mess with it bro because that's the that would be the risk I would be taking you yeah. know so anyway so that happened bro in a week. That following weekend, I was supposed to be defending my title. A week before that happened, I got in big trouble. I assaulted that officer, DUI, wrecked my car, um, and I was in jail. And I was cutting weight during that time, kind of cutting my calories. And because I was drinking, you get dehydrated. Mm -hmm. Whenever they're putting my fingerprints in, bro, like, I just remember waking up. I guess I passed out. Like, I was just, boom, I got floored. And I woke up and seen the officers around me. I was like, man, I'm coming wait. I'm supposed to be fighting this weekend, like next week. And they're like, dang, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, man, I, I need to get out. And, oh, man, I got to defend this title, you know. And, man, that, that was that was some that was a tough time. That happened in 2016. So, yeah, that was rough, bro. Like, and uh, my mom, my grandma came pick me up. And, of course, my dang, of course, my grandma was filming me. And I was like, man. This sucks. Like she's yeah. filming and she's like, no, you got to see this. So you don't ever have to come, you know, they don't ever have to come to this place in real life again. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, whatever. So she filmed me and I don't know. I was, I've been asking her, where's that film, you know, cause, um, it'd be interesting, but, uh, okay. So, so all right, that happened. Oh yeah. And before, before all this happened, like I say, Dottie, like I've been through a lot. So, uh, while I was waiting on that drug court thing, me and one of my friends, um, this was like, dang, I'm rewinding, but then me and my, one of my good friends, uh, man, we went out like while I was waiting for that drug court, uh, hearing, you know? So like if I would have gotten in trouble between that time while I was waiting for that drug court, mm -hmm. um, they could have, I could have really screwed up. So I ended up going out drinking with my friend and getting to a fight with him and then, his neighbor's like, you want me to call cops? You want me to call cops? And he's like, no, give me 10 minutes. This is my brother. You know, like, he's loyal, man. I'll never forget that. Like, and he's just wrestling me, trying to hold me down. Me and him were fighting. And, um, and I remember, like, saying, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. And I just started hitting myself. And, and then I guess the next morning, my jaw was broke. I thought, I thought I got jumped because I was so out of it. But then my friend told me that i was hitting myself and that is you know that is me and that is crazy the next day he even told me he's like he started to tell me and i was like man my i was trying to swallow and it hurt to swallow so my jaw was jacked and i was like man mom i called my mom the next early morning i was like man i think i got jumped last night i don't even know what happened you know and she came pick me up and um and then i go home and I'm like, man, I think it's broke. Something's wrong. Like it hurts. It hurts to swallow, all that. So we go over there. Of course, my jaw's broke. They said the only thing that was holding my jaw together was my wisdom tooth. So I must have really jacked it up. 
And, uh, yeah, they wired it shut for six weeks. And uh, during that time or before that happened, you know, my friend, he called me and told me, he's like, man, you're hitting yourself. You're acting up. And, man, bro. And I was like, man, I don't want to hear it. I don't want And then he's like, no, bro, you got to hear this. I was like, dang, this, all right, all right, you know, because mm-hmm. so that happened before all this happened. Like, so, like, yeah, bro. Like, so the last time I got in trouble and the last forever time, that I will get in trouble was in 2016. I got in trouble. I just got put on a, oh yeah. Cause uh, remember when in 2016, that's whenever I had to defend my belt or whatever. And I got thrown in, I got the felony DUI and then I got the assault and officer right after drug court a month later, you know, just kind of recap. And then I had to fight that following weekend. And um, I was like, man, this, this is horrible. I was like, man, like throughout that whole week, like my mom and my grandma bonded me out and I told them I'd pay them back, you know, and um, and uh, anyway, so I was just like, man, I got to fight. I got to defend this belt. And, you know, of course, like I didn't want to drink or do any drugs. So I, I was eating, bro. Like I was eating. That's like comfort food. So but I had to be at a certain weight for that fight. Mm-hmm. And I ended up showing up to that fight two pounds over. So I lost the belt on the scale but yeah i didn't even want to fight bro but i mean i had to get this money to you know help pay for the lawyer fees that i'm gonna have to pay for you know for this recent charge that i got in 2016 Mm -hmm. that i had to pay at that time so i was like i gotta fight you know so i ended up uh fighting i didn't even want to fight bro but i go up there i lose my bet on the scale do the face off thing block everything out all the crap that's happening in my life and Cause I gotta, you know, I gotta be a champion, you know, I gotta, regardless of all that stuff that happened, I had to just focus in. So during that fight, I didn't want to, but I didn't want to fight at all, man. But that whole fight, uh, the whole five rounds, I was just jabbing him. I didn't even want to like exchange. So I was just jabbing him up. I jabbed him that whole fight, like the whole fifth from one through five. And then the sixth round, I almost knocked him out. I was like, forget it. I'm, I feel it now. You know, I kind of want to fight now. So. Anyways, and I almost knocked him out in the last round, and I think I, I win that round. Or after winning that round, I think that's what won me the fight because I ended up winning. And, of course, I lost my belt anyway, but I, I, I got a win. And then the following month, I had to I fight, face this undefeated fighter. I fought him three times already. And, um, yeah, and ended up beating him. Uh, for the title he's beating me all five rounds and i knock him out in the fifth round a month later so that was a that was a, a crazy time in my life bro so yeah never since uh 2016 you know all that happened uh and now like you know i'm just just living living the life you know trying to trying to you know be great you know just like you know whenever i post just trying to be great. Like, I don't want to call myself great because I'm not that. Maybe I don't even think I ever want to call myself great because cause whenever you meet great, you know, what else is there to to strive for? So, like, so, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to do my best to be, to be great every single day and and be the person that I haven't, that I wasn't yesterday and, of course, way back then. You know, that's, you know, 2016, that wasn't too long ago, you know? Yeah. So, like, so, I mean, I'm still, like, getting it. 
And, um, damn, bro, like, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, God has mercy on us all. Like, it's up to us to believe that. It's up to, we're all one in a million. It's up to us to believe that. Like, the, the only difference is, is that, you know, me and whoever else believes it, believes it. Yeah. So, dang, bro, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's basically the whole story of, you know, what I've, what I've done, what I've overcome. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's crazy too. Like in 2016, like I was looking for a job and then, uh, and I got hired at Red Lobster and that was a pretty cool job. And, and I'm, I've been with them ever since. So I've been with them for almost five years now. Mm -hmm. So like I've, you know, I've been grinding. Uh, I started school at Rose State for, uh, health and sports science. So I'm going to, I'm going to get that done and then open up a gym, maybe three to five years. Mm -hmm. But I got a boxing career to to focus on until then. Yeah. Until I'm like 35 is is the the time whenever I plan to retire. Yeah. And have a world title. I didn't. Really. I knew some of that, but I didn't know all of that. Yeah, bro. It's a blessing. Like, uh, man, ever you know, ever since like that last thing happened, like my goal in life was you know to be as far away from that as I as I can be and. And to look at myself differently, to to believe in myself, to to um, have more faith, to to have patience, to um, trust the process, you know. Like now, I'm twelve, twelve and one with seven knockouts. Like I got twenty five pro fights. I'm ranked in the top hundred in the nation. I'm just trying to, you know, be a world champion. And whether that comes to fruition or not, like I'm, I'm still. I'm still working my buns off to get there. Like, and I don't care, like whatever odds I have to face, you know, I can, I can still attack them and conquer them. Cause at the beginning of my career, bro, like I was a one, three and one, like I could have quit, I could have quit then, then, but, but I didn't. And then I became a Oklahoma champion for two years, you know, beating the best in Oklahoma versus guys that had uh, 70 amateur fights 100 amateur fights, beating Golden Glove champions, you know, um, former Golden Glove champions, this and that, and and I've uh, I've got to go to Philadelphia and uh and meet uh, two world champions. Like they paid me to go out there for a week to help a, a elite fighter, uh, Thomas Amana. Shout out to you, bro. Thanks. He's up in Philly. Uh, so he he flew me out there and paid me for a week um, to spar with him three times and I got I got him pretty good a couple of times but man he got me this one time bro like he he didn't hurt me or nothing but but man my legs were done but anyways bro like it was it was amazing like up in Philly bro like nothing but nothing but world world class boxers in there and I was there like it was crazy bro there's a world champion named Tevin Farmer he's a lightweight world champion or he is a, he was and he just lost it but he was a world champion bro like and he was there every day like I was starstruck bro like I was starstruck and I was just like it felt right though like it felt right like this is where I belong you know like it was amazing bro <clears throat> you say you went what, 1 and 3 yeah 1 3 1 3 and 1 yep. but you jumped into it pro yeah you didn't do amy right yep yeah you just yep. jumped, went straight in as a professional boxer with a month of training with a month of training yeah it was stupid dude <laughs> <laughs> i thought i was a what bro <laughs> but i mean today 
<laughs> it's true, you know. Like, I'm the one, man. Like, it's real. But yeah, bro, is is crazy, man. Like, fought on, you know, like on that zone was um, it was the most national recognized, you know, organizations. Um, it's a national worldwide app. I fought on that app, you know, and then mm-hmm. I fought on television or local television like three three times bro and like it's just crazy it's just a amazing like what not quitting can do for you and having god at the forefront and belief in yourself and and working like i say work your buns off bro like especially in this game like you can't play it bro like you're going in there you're getting you're gonna get hurt yeah you know i mean you can't jump in water and not get wet so like you're gonna get hit so you know, you got to be prepared for, for all aspects of the fight game before, during, and after. Yeah. What made you start boxing? Or did somebody just say, or did you just find a gym and wanted to try it out? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, so I was like 22, I guess, almost about to turn 23, because that's when I turned professional, or when I started. Um, I was working at a tire shop. There's this big white guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, this fool is huge, bro! Like, he's one of them just big. Old, he's like six four, just like ripped and stuff. Like, big old dude. Yeah. Like, you know how them tall guys are usually all skinny and lengthy, uh-huh. but this dude was like, looked like a dang heavyweight champion of the world, man. He's big, and he used to play football in Texas. So like, I was like, "Who is this dude? You know, he's kind of intimidating, you know. Like, but anyways, we found out he's an amateur boxer." And, um, and I was like, started talking with him. I was like, man, I always wanted to try, you know, cause I'd always watch UFC. You know how everybody watches UFC and they f- say, I could do this. I could, they should do this and that and that and this. Yeah. I was one of them guys, bro. Like I was like, man, I could do that, you know? And then sure enough, uh, I was like, Hey bro, can I come train with you? And he's like, yeah. And then, so he takes me to his coach and I was training for an amateur fight in his two weeks. I was training. And then the, his coach was like, uh, Hey man, they're having a Native American boxing professional card. You want to turn pro? I can get you a win. I can get you paid. And I was like, "What's a young guy like myself, you know, gonna do?" Of course, I'm gonna say yes. So I was just like, "Bet, let's do it." He said, "I can get a win, and I'm getting paid. Awesome, let's do this." So this is on a Comanche boys. Uh, like I was on his undercard. Uh, we're at first council. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, I ended up fighting over there and. Found out I had a, a good chin and a lot of heart. I lost a decision, and um, you know my jaw was pretty jacked. Afterwards, I wanted to eat. I couldn't couldn't even eat a chip because I couldn't open up my jaw, open up my mouth, you know, and it hurt chewing, you know. So like, it was crazy, man. But the next the next fight, you know, the next fight I got a third round knockout. I was on the undercard of Kimbo Slice's card, and me and him were the only ones that got a knockout, and I was keen. So, uh, ever since then, bro, like I've been hooked, you know, I just been like, all right, I can do this, you know, let's get it. Cause I was fighting a guy that was a, uh, 35 fight, fight Brett veteran. This was my only second fight, you know, and I was fighting a guy with like over 30 fights. So his record wasn't that great, but still he knocked out some people. And I was like, man, this is only my second fight, bro. Like before that fight, I was so nervous. I wanted to just go crawl into a hole and be away from everybody. I wanted to quit. Like. The anxiety that you get before a fight in the beginning or like when you're earlier in your career, it's nothing like it, bro. Like the anticipation, like 
you think this guy's got knockouts could i be that one that gets slept you know in yeah. front of everybody like i was thinking that before that second fight my old coach even told me he's like yeah i've had people come all the way to kansas to fight and they would just leave because they couldn't they they were too scared they the anxiety got the best of them I was like, dang, that's crazy. I that second fight, I was like, I'm about to be one of them guys. I feel like it. But but I started thinking, I was like, how would I feel afterwards? Like, if I did that? Oh, my gosh, that would be horrible. So that's what talked me into it. So I was like, all right, let's get it, you know. And then sure enough, you know, I ended up getting a third-round knockout. Best performance, you know, in the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when was that? <clears throat> Man, I was like... 2013 2013 yeah yeah been all over fighting too huh yep yep. yeah what was the coolest place you've been to atlantic city my first time i ever fought out out of state Mm -hmm. was uh that was pretty amazing man like is my like you know how in rocky he's like i just want to know i belong you know yeah like i just want to know i belong like, remember whenever he fights Apollo, he's like, uh, afterwards, he's like, did you give me all you, all you had? And he's like, yeah. So he's like, he just wanted to know he, know he belonged. So anyways, during during my local show fighting, um, I was I would always hear about fighters from Oklahoma, like, going out, venturing out, you know, and just getting just clobbered, you know, and just mm-hmm. getting dang on world star, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But yeah, so I'd hear about that, about these fighters I looked up to, you know, that go out and just get slept, man. So anyways, I had about 15 pro fights, over 10, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I've already been a champion for two years in Oklahoma. Like, let's get it. It's time to get out. And then plus the money's like much better out of state. Um, but you're, you're, you know, the odds are against you. So anyways, I get this message for a fight in atlantic city versus versus a guy my my original weight i was a champion at 154 that's my my weight that i'm that i'm good that i'm that what is it more natural i guess is 154 for me and i got this offer uh to fight their champion in atlantic city um at 160 to go i had to go up and wait this is the thing though all these promoters all these guys out there they look for people like that. They'll try to bring them up in weight and throw money at them for them to have an advantage, you know. So, anyways, so they, of course, you know, they said they'd pay me, pay me really well. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you go to Box Rec and you could check these guys out. Normally, whenever I get offers, I say, what's their name? You know, what weight? Purse? Blah blah blah. When I check their name out, I can, I can. Sometimes they'll show their amateur career if they're big national tournaments but most of the time half the time they won't but you can see their whole pro career like who they faced who you know how they did who you could check the guy that they faced how many guys that that guy faced you know what kind of competition they were facing so anyways i checked him out he is 11 and 0 uh seven knockouts at 160 um and and the, all the guys he knocked out, uh, I think, had losing records. So I'd be his first step up. So rec- on, on paper, paper-wise. So I was like, man, let's get it. Like I asked a couple of my friends, and they're like, man, take that fight, bro. And I was like, all right, bet. And so I take it. We go out there, and uh, me, John Michael, and uh, my brother, John Michael, and uh, 
my coach Billy, RIP to Billy. Miss you so much. Um, yeah, he passed away, man. Man, I miss him. Uh, yeah. He passed away like uh, like three months ago, maybe longer, but it feels like three months, you know. Like, man, he he, uh, yeah, man. It's it's a blessing to. It's crazy. Real quick, like throughout my life, I never had a dad. You know, my dad wasn't there, but you know. God provided me with a lot of father figures in my life. Like now I have so many father figures. Like I know preachers, pastors, you know, great boxing coaches that love me. And it's just, uh, it's just awesome, man. Like I have, I have a lot of people to look up to, um, respectable people. So anyways, he passed, you know, he passed away, RIP coach, uh, coach Billy. Um, but, uh, so we go out there and me, coach Billy, my brother, we got to Atlantic City, bro. They sent us to the runaround, bro. Like, you think boxing, the shady side of it, mm-hmm. this is boom and full-blown shadiness. Like, they were having us run around doing these, this and that thing, like, stressing us out, bro. And I was like, man, like, before the fight, like, they didn't even have a hotel room for my coach, and they even said that. They didn't even fly him out till the day of. And then my mom, she does contract work, so she read the contract and before even too she'd do that so she made sure they were they honored it so they weren't even going to fly my coach out but then my mom said she talked to the manager and i was just like about to say forget it i don't even care if coach is here i'm just ready to go beat this dude up for putting us through this you know because his management team was handling us and we didn't know until later that the management team that was with him was his coach so his coach purposely put us through all these hoops stressed us out um to get us off our game plan about whooping this dude Mm -hmm. so anyways my my mom says if y'all don't honor this contract that's a breach of contract we'll see you so they fly him out the next day he shows up the next day bro i was so happy i was ready to fight without him you know even though i didn't want to but he showed up it's like man thank god i showed up at weigh-ins the dude that i was supposed to face um before that, like I made sure I made my weight 160. So I go cut my weight during that day. I make my weight 160. Yes, I'm on point. I don't even feel that bad, you know. So I'm like, bet, good. And then his his coach calls me or his manager, um, and he's like, hey, he's like, hey, you can go ahead and eat whatever you, you know, if you want. You can go ahead and eat and drink. He's not gonna be. He's gonna be a little overweight. And I'm like, heck no, bro. Like, y'all better make that weight because mm-hmm. I'm I suffered and I made my weight. I I stayed disciplined. And he was like, um, he's like, okay, okay, we will. So, bro, like, we go weigh in. This fool is four pounds over. He's 164 and a half, and I'm 160. I'm, that's what's in the contract, 160. So, mm-hmm. so anyways, um, you can tax them if they, they don't meet that con- the requirements, the stipulations of that contract. So, we tax them, and um, we got we got our money. We got, you know. You can tax them a hundred dollars a pound. You can tax them two hundred dollars a pound. You know, up in the big world title fights, so you do fifty thousand. But that's whenever you get to the big title fights, you know, world yeah. title fights or title eliminators, contender fights. That's ten rounds and ten to twelve rounds. Ten rounds are usually like uh, title eliminators or contending fight contender fights. Usually they're when you're way up there, and then twelve round fights are usually world title fights. So. Um, that's a little information for y'all out there, but anyways, yeah, Atlantic City, bro, it was, it was, uh, it was the best time, bro, like, that was out of all the, I fought in New York, you know, 
um, Texas. Um, yeah, I headlined both of them, but Atlantic City, I was at the co-main event, and we go up and wait to fight their champion. We uh, we ended up, you know, dropping their champion. We we beat them, you know. We dropped their champion in the fourth round, have them wobbled, have them hurt. I'm going in for the kill, bro. I'm trying to knock them out, and he recovers. We end up, he makes it to uh, makes it to the last bell. I've whooped him. I never hit the canvas. He was on the ground, hurt. They give the give the fight to him on the unanimous decision. And I was like, man, that's a rip-off, bro. Yeah. So I was just like, crap. But, like I say, remember when that Rocky, you know, said, I belong. After that fight, I knew I belong, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I knew I belong. Like, and plus, I went up in weight. And plus, he was overweight. So he is already in a super... There goes junior middleweight is 154. Middleweight, 160. Uh, super middleweight, 165, 168. He was at super middleweight. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, bro. Like that's that's definitely one of the um, yeah the best best places I've been. You know, like that's the beginning, the start of it. You know, mm-hmm. is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Even though we took the L, but we oh, got yeah. robbed, bro. But it was cool, man. Isn't that crazy how shady, like even in the fight world like that, it is, bro. Like even the refs, like the oh, refs man. can be shady, the judges can be shady. Yeah. Um. The uh, management could be shady. But after that fight, we learned a valuable lesson, a priceless lesson, that we need to go to the commission and and talk to them about about the way, about the, about the way, about, about the, um, what is it, the licenses, because your cornermen are supposed to have licenses. Usually you can do that day of weigh-ins, but they were hassling us to do it before then. I was like, normally we do a day of weigh-ins over in Oklahoma. And uh, anyway, so you call the commission, get straight. Instead of a third-party person, middleman, you go straight to commission. They'll tell you exactly what to do, and they can't run you around, you know. So, uh, but yeah, man, it can get it can get uh, ugly. But after that incident, the first time we went out, we've never, you know, been through anything that bad. We've been through a couple hiccups, but nothing to that extent. That was the worst. Yeah, that was the oh, worst, man. bro. <laughs> oh my god, it was horrible, bro. Like I was just like, I couldn't believe it, but then I could, you know. I was just like, well, I hope, I hope the rest of these out of state fights aren't like this, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like like this. Um, whenever you fight for the bigger networks, for the bigger people, they take great care of you, you know. Like they'll take. They're good. Like whenever we fought in New York, uh, we were like escorted a limousine. Uh, we were we were the main event. So, mm-hmm. man, bro, like it's cool. It's like what it felt like, you know, is what it should feel like. Like they escorted us a limousine wherever we wanted. Um, we got to eat like salmon at this fancy restaurant. Like for the fighters, all the fighters got to eat. They took good care of us, and uh, you know, paid us well. That was good. And and yeah, put us in a nice hotel. And uh, yeah, like that's. That's what it's about, and yeah, man, it's just uh, through like all the crap that I put, that I've been through, and that I caused upon my own self, till now. Like, of course, God has a big part of what I have today, um, but we have the option to choose what we can have in life, like whether we want to quit or persevere or stay consistent or just grind through whatever. We can get that, but 
it just takes work, you know. So like, you know, it's uh, it's pretty amazing where where I'm at today. Like, I don't even really have a lot of time to look at the future or to look at the past. Like, I got so many things coming ahead of me <laughs> today that I have to focus on them things. Like, you know, I have to, you know, try to get, you know, speaking engagements for churches. We do it for free for, for um, like, schools or whatever. We'll charge a certain fee. But I always tell them, if you can't, if you can, um, if you can't pay that, it's okay. We'll do it. We'll do it. No charge. So... You know, my, my, my vision has always been, bro, like to, uh, to change the world, honestly, like in a good way to let people know that God loves them to, to believe in yourselves, to, uh, to understand that life's not going to be easy. Like, like I was told by one of my sponsors, uh, um, pastor Patrick McClung, he was a deacon for OU. He said, um, you either discipline yourself or somebody will do it for you. And that's basically the system. So like, you know, I've I've got I've got um you know, I've got like I say, bro, like I got godly men that I can look up to, like I got you know, of all man, it's just crazy, bro. Like, you know, self made, bro, like it's just through grind. Like I remember going looking for sponsors, like cause it's not cheap to to fight professionally. Like you have to pay for gas, traveling back and forth and then uh, you got to pay your coach. Or, you know, if you have a manager, you have to pay them. You got to pay for traveling, your gear. So, like, I remember going out to uh, find uh, sponsors. Like, I'd be like, hey, my name is Dennis Snipes. You have to sell yourself. You know, like, hey, my name is Dennis Snipes. I'm trying to be a world champion. Um, it's it's tough right now. I, I still work, you know. But, but I mean, if I, if you could have some, if you could help me out, I could get your name out there. I have this, this many followers on Facebook, 5,000, 2,000, whatever. And um, if you could help me out, that'd be awesome. Because one thing, a guy, Gary Frazier, he's a fighter, MMA fighter. He told me, he was like, this is what kind of motivated me too. He said, you know, a lot of these businesses look for people to uh, support because they could use that as a tax write-off. I was like, oh, shoot. So ever since I heard that, I just started looking for people. I'd go to door-to-door. And, man, that was tough, bro. Like, I remember I went to this car salesman, and I was like, hey, can you uh, help me out? You know, my name is Dennis Knife Chief. I'm, I'm a former junior, I'm a, or I'm a junior middleweight champion. Um, I've, I got this many followers. I can help you out with advertisement. These many people follow me. Um, and uh, possible, you know, tax write-off. And he said, just looked at me and said, you know what? I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. We're about to get something. He's like, I'm about the least bit of interested in oh, even supporting that. And what? I was like, all right, thank you, sir. And then how to go to the next one. Wow. Yeah, bro. So, like, I've been through that through that grind. And, you know, um, like, like I say, bro, my gift is not to quit. Like, I'm not going to quit ever. In the ring, in life, like, I'm going to always look to progress to, to exceed limitations that i have on myself like i'm just gonna keep pushing bro like i mean it's it's part of life like always be thinking you know like uh you know like everybody always asks why like this is happening that's happening like sometimes we not don't know why but but i mean if we just keep our head down keep working our butts off stick to the plan you know, maybe in hindsight, 2020 might happen and, and you'll you'll realize it, you know. Uh, but if God doesn't want that to happen, then so be it. Like, 
life's gonna always be hard bro like it's it's not easy like you know uh people die friends die loved ones die you know um your boss is a jerk <laughs> mm -hmm. you know um things it's just life bro like you gotta always look at the positive side of things like you got you just got to like i mean of course it is nice to vent you know to to scream like you know i'm sometimes driving my car bro and i'm just got so many things happening like or i'm heartbroken because like this past year bro we lost six family members you know or six yeah. loved ones that that you know and um but one thing i did know is like i gotta work like i gotta work i can't i gotta be close to god like even whenever i because i'm always drinking a gallon of water every day i'm always in the restroom i have this little shelf right there um of eyesight you know in my eyesight and it and i write down all the scriptures that motivate me all right quotes from Ali, you know, all right, motivating things. And I'll just sit there and like my, I'm just always, I always put them things in front of me. Like, uh, you always hear people, you know, like I listen to motivational speakers, you know, Zig Ziglar, you know, um, who, who else is it? Um, impact theory. They like have so many, uh, like chameleon there. They talk about entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. how you can, um, better yourself, uh, Les Brown, you know, David Goggins, of course, you know, I like to run. And, uh, you know, all these Cameron Haynes, uh, Joe Rogan, of course. And, you know, uh, there's just so many people to look up to. And um, we have that. We have access to it if we choose to. Like, you could go on YouTube and I'll, I'll just listen to it, you know. Definitely listen to Hot Boxing, that's funny. Or that's good stuff, too, like... Like we have, you know, we have all the tools, bro. Like, but it's on us if we want to use them to to fix things or to damage things. You know, yeah. it's just up to us. Yeah, they have a lot of good advice too. I like listening to Joe Rogan. <clears throat> mm -hmm. He's always talking about like, just don't stop, keep yeah. going. Yeah, I think he doesn't watch himself or something, so that he can not look at himself and say I'm good mm -hmm. you know I'm great mm -hmm. he just doesn't like he doesn't watch himself and he just keeps going yeah. I, I guess he writes like what like a special year or something like that mm -hmm. so it's pretty crazy because I guess comedians it takes a while but him and like Dave Chappelle can do that in a year Dang. yeah that's awesome that's why they're that's why they're so known you know like you just got that drive yeah you too man yeah. you too you came from a lot <clears throat> you know you came from so much and you're here right now like you said when you hurt your arm you know it could have could have lost you yeah possibly but you're here you're still here whether it be for boxing or speaking to anybody about yeah. your story and then just getting them through the day and you know they're looking at like well if he could do it so can i and get out of this this hole I'm in you know mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to bring you on here because I knew parts of your story but I didn't know the entire you know story to it and it, I'm sure and I was pretty sure everybody else wanted to hear it too you know yeah. and it's really cool you wanted to come on man I appreciate it okay bro <clears throat> what's your uh, we, what do you got coming up 
Man, you know, like I was telling you the other day, bro, like uh, we're supposed to have a fight on the 13th of next month um, in Spencer, Oklahoma. I still haven't heard nothing about that yet, but I'm going to stay proactive and stay looking for fights. We have a, we have our team that we have now is, is pretty great. Like, like I say, my mom does contract work. She's, she's look, look she looks over all my contracts and she uh, edits it and puts stipulations and uh, makes it more clear. Mm-hmm. So they can't go back on it or whatever, and and um, yeah, for all these fights out of state or any any fights. So we have a great team, you know. I, I like I say, like I said the the other night, I was talking to you, you know, this guy in Iowa. Um, he's fourteen and one, you know. He's been sandbagging, you know, like, yeah. and um, and I, I I was gonna go up and wait and fight him at one sixty two. Uh, his promoter or the matchmaker was talking to me about it and he was like uh he was like i doubt he'll fight you but it would be a good fight for you and and i was like man all we can do is ask and and i was going to take a pay cut like like nowadays um throughout throughout my career um (laughs) trust me i'm not rich yet (laughs) but i mean like throughout my career i was making three to five hundred dollars a fight but now it's you know, God, God's good, bro. It's all God. Uh, now I can make five to 10 K a fight, you know? So like, but back to my point, I was going to take a pay cut to fight this dude, like half of that, what I just said. And he still didn't want to fight me, you know, like this is supposed to be in Iowa. And, um, yeah, that's just, uh, that's just part of the business, you know? Um, people have uh options to say yay or nay and my last you know my last uh five four opponents are all been undefeated you know and i went out there and gave them the business gave them work um i i took l's in them but but i mean like it's just part of the experience it's part of the process you know you're gonna lose in life sometimes or whatever you can call it losing but i call it lessons you know like i say the beginning of my career, I was one three and run one three and one, and uh, now I'm twelve twelve and one, seven knockouts. You know, ranked hundred in the nation. You know, so like all, all I have is I, I can just go up from here. So like, a lot of fighters say, or you hear a lot of the um, commentators say, yeah, this guy if he loses this fight, it could really set him back. It could really set him back. But that that's just people that are narcissistic and don't know the game. Like, if you're um, or not, you know, they're just, they're just arrogant to it. They're pessimistic about it. They just don't understand. They're just ignorant to it. So for me, as, as a guy that believes in himself a hundred percent, I'm just one fight away from getting my breakthrough fight. I, I go in and you, whenever you beat these, uh, prospects, you, you take their spot. They're ranked number 60 in the, in the world. I go whoop them, knock them out. I get uh, dropped to their spot or lower, which basically means I climb up in the rankings. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm just one fight away, bro, from breaking breaking up in the boxing world and and letting the world know who Dennis Snipe Chief is, Pawnee, mm-hmm. Ski D, Warrior Boy. Like they're gonna know. Mm-hmm. Can't they will. Wait. <laughs> they will. Can't wait. They will. Hopefully this year's a big year for you and everybody else because. Yeah last year was awful (laughs) last year was oh god it was really bad yeah bro it's crazy like yeah 
people are going to be talking about this and mm. we're going to be like, we were in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy, we dude? Were, we were locked up. Yeah, bro. Locked down. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so wild. Like, you know, the capital getting stormed. The, oh, yeah. Uh, dang, the pandemic, you know, and just, you know, like, golly, that's just, that's going to be in the history books. And we're going to be able to tell our grandkids that, you know, yeah. Lord willing, if we make it that far, shoot. No. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the midst of a massive part of history, bro. That's wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever you think about it, it's just like, <laughs> what is this this seems like a dream you yeah, know this is, this is a tv show mm-hmm. this isn't real life yeah somebody slapped me and wake me up and all the toilet paper was gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey bro that's wild <laughs> mask like whenever people like it's normal now that people wear masks but whenever the Hopefully this goes away, you know, whenever nobody's allowed to wear masks, that's going to be weird, you know, seeing mm-hmm. somebody's face. Um, but, but yeah, like sometimes I'll just, I'll just sit there and kind of daydream and be like, I'll be at like maybe a, a uh, an event or something during these times, during this pandemic, and I'll just see everybody in masks. I'm like, man, like two years ago, I would have never, this would have been like a movie, you yeah. know, it'd have been, yeah, it'd have been a trip. It's going to be weird when theaters open back up and mm-hmm. concerts. Yeah. I'm not even interested in going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird. I, I think I'd rather have them just VOD it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, theaters are expensive anyways. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we used to go every week, about every weekend, we'd go to see a movie. Yeah. And it was, <clears throat> it was weird whenever this pandemic happened and they started shutting them down. And it's like, what do we do now? Dang, so uh yeah they do got there there's some open over in some places like mm-hmm. i went i went to some and uh i think once or twice i think once because yeah bro I, I love going to the movies like yeah. i'll usually go to the movies before my fights like uh because like you normally <clears throat> you're just constantly going you're thinking about this man you know you're like you're just thinking about this person constantly you're training twice a day sometimes three times a day you're thinking about him you're thinking about him and then like uh, maybe a day before I fly out to wherever I'm fighting or whatever, I'll go to a movie. And I'll go have I'll go have a small lunch, you know, and mm-hmm. and um, and I'll just get away and go just relax. Movie. Yeah, bro, it yeah. feels good. It's so soothing. It's just like calm before the storm, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Like, man, dude. Like, <clears throat> it's just wild. Like how my life is today. Like, <sighs> like um. You know, before these fights, you know, like you have doubts, like you have, like you, you do study, you study film on this person. You've seen the people he's knocked out. You've seen the people he's lost to. You've seen the people he's hurt. And then you got to think about the training that you've put in, you know, and then, you know, seconds before the fight or minutes, you know, like Mike Tyson says, he's like, I'm walking, I'm scared of this guy. I dreamed of him knocking me out. I've dreamt, you know, he can't wait to get his hands on me and i'm walking i'm walking i'm scared i'm nervous and then i step in the ring oh my god but that's not my situation i do have a similar you know i have my own situation how my mind perceives it um before the fights bro like it's crazy because like it's pretty neat like because i've been the main events you know you definitely get uh catered to quite you know 
better than the undercards. So that's pretty neat. You get your own dressing room, all that. And um, so, like, we're sitting there waiting. But before, whenever I was on undercards, a lot of undercards, uh, you'd see people come in, like the fighters, you know, they'd be like, man, I almost got him. Man, I did catch him with that. Man, I see that knockout. Or So it was kind of cool because you kind of had that camaraderie, you know, with the fighters, you know, you just like kind of had that that same thing ha- is about to happen with you, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you'd be either on the, the winning end or the losing end. So, you, of course, you're thinking of all these thoughts. And, like, for me, like, and then the commission, they're like, come on, let's go, knife chief. And I'm like, all right, it's on. <laughs> so, you're more, yeah, you're, start, you're warming up, and then you're just like, this is crazy, this is crazy. It's like, I thought about this dude for a month and a half, two months, a month, whatever. I, You know, however long, I've just been thinking about this guy, and now we're about to fight, you know? So, like, while you're walking, like, it's just crazy, bro. Like, everything's just slow motion, bro. Like, the whole way. And then you're just like, like, you know, you're just praying. You know, you're like, all right, I got this. You know, you're waiting for your music to come on. Everything's got to be right. If it's not, oh, well, you know, nothing you can do about it. You're about to have a guy trying to knock your head off here in about a few minutes. So you're just like going in there like, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm meant to be here. You know, I'm, I'm here, I'm ready, let's go. So you walk into the ring. Get in there, you know, you see see his people, you see him, you see him jumping around, ready, you're just like, it's crazy, man. So, you, you know, do your little roundabout around the ring, get the feel of the ring. And then, like, once um, everything's slow motion still, though, bro, it's crazy. Like, and then, like, whenever the ref or you guys go up to hear the instructions, you have your coach behind you, and you're looking this guy in his eyes, you know, you're just like nothing else really matters whether you look at them or not like you guys are still gonna try to knock each other's head off or whatever um so but i always try to stare them down you know mm-hmm. but um you're looking at them and the ref's like all right you ready to go you listen to my instructions all right touch gloves let's go you go back over there like all right it's about to happen like for real like it's really about to happen <laughs> is it gonna happen here you're just like yeah. <laughs> it's about to happen it's for it's already here like already it's like a month and a half ago i was thinking about this and now i'm here so you're just like all these things going in your head and then and then your coach goes out of the ring now which is you the ref your opponent so you just see them two and then you're just like still so motion still so motion and your ref's like you ready you ready and then ding once that bell rings bro it's just just you just go in from a dream or slow motion all these things and you're just like it just zooms in into just you and him you and him you don't even really see the ref Mm -hmm. you don't even hear anybody from me i don't hear anybody i just hear my coach maybe his coach um and i and him you know i'm just like all right here we go boom 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 i gotta slip gotta move move and then you're just like you're like all right all right he's pretty good his his footwork's pretty good i'm trying to i'm trying to hit him with the jab and i can't really hit him with the jab so i'm gonna jab him to his body because it's easier to hit the body than the head so boom, boom, jab, jab. Oh, he's trying to counter, and then, and then like you're just waiting to feel that, that power shot to see what he's really got. Like see if he does hit hard as he looked on them videos, and then he'll hit you. You're like, all right, well, okay, I felt that. All right, cool. All right, let's go, let's go to this. So you just, you know, bro, it's it's crazy, man. It's like I told my brother before a fight one time. I was like, and this is what I still believe today. Like to for me, it's like the ultimate way of living because like you're facing your you're facing your your fears you're facing 
the world, you know, people watching, you're facing possible embarrassment, you're pay, you're facing glory, possibly, you know, you're you're facing all these things, but you're still going in there, and you believe in yourself, and and you just go in there and just get it, you know, mm-hmm. just do what you train for. Yeah, and it's crazy too. Like before your fights, like you make weight, so that's to me making weight is kind of. I kind of like it, but then I hate it. It's a love-hate type thing. Uh-huh. No matter how many times you make weight, it still feels like the first time you're doing it because it sucks so bad. And um, some every now and then you'll have a weight, easy weight cut. Like, but I've been, I've cut so much weight one time. Like, you know, I about passed out. I was, I felt like I was gonna pass out on the scale. I could barely walk, you know. And then, um. And the guy ends up being overweight, and I was so mad, bro. Oh, my gosh. I was like, man, I just killed myself yeah. to make weight, and this fool is four pounds over. Dang. And then, yeah, and I remember, yeah, so I've been through weight cuts like that. You know, I've had maybe out of 25 times I fought maybe two, one or two times I've had a, maybe three times I've had a good weight cut. But but um, other than that, bro, it's just like, man gotta suffer for greatness you know yeah. you gotta suffer for greatness and like the ultimate way of living it to me too is like <laughs> kind of sound like mike tyson a little bit but he's like get as close to death as you can in order to live to appreciate you know what's what you what you will have after this you know yeah so like so yeah bro it's um it's pretty wild i've had a concussion you know i've after a fight you know i thought i thought i was gonna die like I, I remember after a fight, uh, uh, I didn't know where I was at. I was seeing blurry, and my brother was with me. Um, and uh, I remember before this fight too, I was reading about fighters dying because of brain brain bleeds, mm-hmm. and uh, I just didn't know where I was at. So I was like, "Dang, bro, what thing when you go to the ER?" And then we go to the ER, and uh, yeah, and I just started throwing up, and and it was just crazy. I thought I was gonna die for real. Like yeah. I was like, "Dang." And John, you know, my big brother was crying, you know, it's pretty sad scene. Like my mom, my grandma was there and, um, you know, I was like, I couldn't take no medication for that pounding headache I had. I was vomiting, you know, I was just like waiting for the MRI scan so that I could find out if I have a brain bleed or not. So I could take something to relieve this pounding headache I had. Mm -hmm. Thank God it was just a minor concussion. I was like, man, a minor concussion? I couldn't imagine what a major concussion would man. feel like. Yeah. Like, it was horrible. Tore so you like, up. Yeah, bro. Like, I found out how much I really wanted to, how much I really loved this, you know? Like, if I really loved it, or, you know, that much or not. After that, I had to ask myself, you know? And, um, yeah, man, I love it. It's what I was called to do, bro. Like, I've always been an athlete. Always, um, been confident but uh this uh sports definitely humbled me in many ways and uh and now like today like um after accomplishing what i've accomplished so far in boxing like it's uh it's uh made me realize what i could do outside of boxing as well because boxing is not gonna last forever you know so like i want to excel in school i want to you know i want to do well in my community i want to help others you know i want to I just want to do so many great things that that I believe I can do, you know, like throughout this this uh this pressure, you know, that I that I go through and then it gets relieved and I go through it again just because I put myself in them positions because I believe in myself like I I believe like 
You know, it's just making diamonds. Like, I'll, boom, get popped out, be a little diamond. And boom, I'm just making diamonds, like, is what I feel in life. The more things I'm able to accomplish through God, like, I feel like I'm just, I'm just uh, popping out diamonds in my little, in my little bucket or whatever in, in heaven. You know, I'm wearing my crowns, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm staying humble. I'm, I'm uh, just focused, bro, every day everyday focus like like uh i know i just know it matters so like i have to do whatever i have to do to not be the old dentist to whenever i get them thoughts like you know i have to i just have to realize what i do have you know and i don't want to lose that again <laughs> like i'm i'm used you know i shouldn't i i had to learn hard lessons in life and and i'm you know, wisdom is learning from somebody else's mistakes. Like, I mean, I, wisdom is learning from your own mistakes too. So, like, I plan to learn from them and just grow. I just want to grow, like, and be humble and love everybody, bro. And, like, give everybody, you know, that energy that they need to to be great, to believe in themselves. Like, like that's, that has to be, that has to be, like, life, man. That That's life, like. Like, you never feel good when you don't help people. Like, but whenever you help people and it just kind of comes sudden and you're able to, that's like the best feeling in the world. Like, so, you know, I have a feeling, you know, I have, I have, um, I have a gift. I feel like to articulate, to, um, articulate my life to the world so that they can, um, have, have a familiarity familiarity with that so that they know they can do it too man mm-hmm. like just gotta do it man every day every second every minute whatever it takes like you have to continuously remind yourself and can continuously just do things that help you man like you know it's just it's it's on us man it's just on us yeah, <clears throat> it's really cool. You want to be of service, of service to uh, a lot everybody, you know. And we're always growing and we're always learning throughout mm-hmm. life. We should never stop. Yeah, bro. Yeah, we should never stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that too. You know, being of service to every everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to not really care about anything or mm-hmm. anyone really. You know this kind of state of like uh kind of being depressed sometimes yeah but you always have to pick yourself up and just try to be like well am i gonna sit here and you know just sit around and not do anything yeah or do i want to you know do something like this like i've been wanting to do this for a long time mm-hmm. and you know that you know and finally i just i had all the gear so i was like what what's making me not do it Exactly. Am I scared? Yeah. You know, I am. I mean, I'm yeah. scared because it's new and I've done a lot of stuff, but <clears throat> I hate, like everyone else probably hate my own voice, but you know, <laughs> and it, this is all new to me. So I'm learning everything. And, and I thought bring people on here that have a really good story and journey. And like I said, man, just maybe somebody could listen to it yeah. and uh, just think like, just never give up never stop doing what they want to do yep you know 
And um, I think that's cool, man. You want to be of service. Where have you, uh, have you spoken in a lot of places? Like uh, Yeah, probably about... Schools or just Yeah, I've done like anybody? three or four schools and, uh, and I've done several churches, yeah. probably like maybe 10, 10 altogether, maybe 15. I uh, spoke at Falls Creek. That was awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that was, that was huge. It was a blessing. And uh, yeah, I've uh, volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club and uh, helped them kids learn boxing, man. It's so funny, bro. <laughs> man dang that's just so man that's what i'm called to do bro like to help out the kids too you know like mm -hmm. any anything else you know that comes with it you know is is okay with me man like because because like you know i struggle every day too you know like with certain things like you know like sometimes like little things will upset me and i'm like why is this upsetting me god you know like why like and it's weird like the little things will get me but the big things i'm kind of cool with because you kind of just expect them you know so whenever that happens you're like okay like cool but like whenever something small happens or whatever like i'm just you know it, it's it's weird like why why does that get me mad you know but but i i um yeah i just um i look at myself bro i look at myself every day like Every day, Dennis, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I ask myself questions that are that are hard to ask, you know, that maybe a lot of people don't want to ask. Like, are you, what, you know, what's what's behind your actions? Like, why are you, you know, sometimes like, honestly, it's it sounds like kind of conceited or whatever. Like, but whenever I help others, like, I'm like, man, is there an ulterior motive, you know? Like, mm -hmm. is there something else that I want from this person? Like, I'll probably, I may see this person. I may not, you know, but, but like, I think that's just the enemy. I think that's just the devil, you know, just trying to tell me that, that I'm not doing it for the right reasons. But what I always come to too is like, why not? You know, why not help somebody? Whether, whether it is for you or not, or this or that, like, just imagine what you're doing for this person just imagine how grateful this person is, you know, like what, cause I've had people do random, like small, th small stuff to me. And that would just like, boom, blow up my day into an amazing day. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, man. So, you know, I just uh, try to ask myself them questions, you know, like, <sighs> like, um, you know, um, sometimes I ask myself questions like, like, cause I've uh, felt, feel that I've accomplished a lot. Like, like, am, am I stuck up, you know, am I, uh, you know, am I like looking down on others, you know, and, and I ask myself them, like, because sometimes I do judge people, but I think like, I think that's just in human nature, but like, you have to judge what's in front of you in order to know what your next move is or whatever. But whenever you look down on that person for however they are, that's when you're messing up, I think. Yeah. Whenever you look down at them and you act like you're superior than them or whatever, that's when it's wrong. But whenever you look at all them things or whatever and you're just like, okay, well, normally whenever I catch myself judging people and maybe looking down on them, or I'm I'm sure I do, like, that's just, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, in the word, like, this is what I believe in the word. It says we're born into sin. Like, we got sinful nature. Like, we're... We're just, bro, we're like cavemen, really. Like we're, we can be evil. It's inside, it's inside all of us, really. If, if it, if we came to push to shove or 
push to kill or whatever mm-hmm. it could be in us but opposite of that as well we we can love we can be good to each other so so yeah we just got to ask ourselves ourselves some questions and um the hard questions and uh like ironically like like i have it i've had an epiphany like I feel like I think I know everything. Like, do good. It'll be this way. But honestly, like, I was just like, man, you don't know, Dennis. Like, you don't know. Like, you may have your opinion. But, but of course, I do know what works for me. One thing I feel like I know, unless maybe later in life it's otherwise. But um, as long as I work hard and I love God, I know that'll never change in my mind. I love God. It's going to be okay. Like, that's where I get my strength and my hope and um, my uh, consistency at is just God. And uh, just another thing, too, a huge thing in my life. I've seen hell, like my own hell that I put myself through. I've been through my own hell, like, and I did it to myself. Like, I've seen the worst of things. Like, I've been depressed. I've been, I wanted to drive off a bridge a couple of times, like, because of my actions, because of how deep I got myself into a hole. Like, I thought the only way was to, you know, kill myself or whatever and drive off a bridge. And, uh, but, but I couldn't do that because, because of God and, um, and my family, you know, mm-hmm. like, so everybody's probably, maybe, I don't know life's life's very hard and it can uh, make you have them thoughts so you know i I know the worst side of it so i've always looked at the worst side of things and now i can look at what's gonna what what's gonna be good for me so like so yeah that's how i try to look at life constantly no matter what i talk to god every day every single day god why am i why do I do this? God, why did they act like that? Oh yeah, they're probably hurt inside. You know, they probably felt the same way you felt whenever you were hurting people, whenever you're, you know, you cheated on your girlfriend or whatever because, you know, you weren't happy with yourself. So, so I kind of get, you know, I can, you know, somewhat understand why people are the way I feel or whatever works for me in my head that makes the world a better place. You know, mm-hmm. I just roll with that. Damn. It's very powerful. It's a powerful message, man. It's very deep. And if yeah. you got some questions, bro, like <laughs> we can get it all get it all out. I'll try to, you know, I'll, I'll definitely uh, answer them um, precisely. Um, but anything you got, bro, anything you want to know, like you can ask and, you know, I'll give you a direct question, kind of summary, summarize it up. Yeah. But um, I think you've told me pretty much everything. And uh, what a story. What a story, man. Uh, like I said, man, I I knew you like when we were little, but I didn't know you that much. We didn't really hang out. And you were you're younger than me. Right. I'm thirty one. Thirty one in July I was yeah. July thirteenth. Really? When's your birthday? June fourteenth. Okay, so yeah, you are Yeah. And uh but I knew your brother and then, yeah, I do remember you guys moved away. But I remember, I always remember like you guys skating. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Flora is still jacked up from skating. I got eye rollerblade, <laughs> bro. I got eye rollerblade on my chest, bro. Like, Darren did it and 
I remember one time at a fight, um, we were doing a photo shoot or whatever, and uh, the promoter was like, what's that say on your chest? And I was like, a rollerblade? He was like, gave me a funny look. He's like, okay. And then I was like, man, whatever. It's just a chapter of my life. Quit sweating me. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, that was, man. That's that's fun. Like, But I think I damaged my body quite a bit, man. Them high impact, you know, jumping off. You know, jumping gaps, you know, my wrist is still kind of hurt, you know, so, but I mean, it was, it was, it was fun, you know, kept me out of trouble, so I mean, it could have probably been worse. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you guys are, you guys are pretty good. I mean, being a kid and me not knowing what skating was, yeah, yeah. it was always cool watching you guys. I was very afraid to try it. Yeah. I didn't want to try it. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was pretty scared. <laughs> yeah, you're getting mad, bro. <laughs> You get hurt so much. Like, I got a lot of battle scars from rollerblading. And um, what is it? That's why I quit, really. Uh-huh. It's because it kind of just faded out, you know, and there wasn't really no, you know, support, you know, financially. Like, you know, you don't get supported, you know, unless you're sponsored. Even the sponsored skaters really didn't get much, you know. Hmm. Like, uh, so, yeah, I would just... I was crazy, you know. Like, I would do big, big stuff. Like, i do flips, you know. i do... All kinds of stuff, bro. I just go big or go home because one thing, because a lot of them skateboarders seen us rollerbladers, they thought we were weak or whatever. We were fruit booters, so I'd always show out, bro. Like I do huge things, so so they could be like, "Dang, this is, this is some real stuff," you know. So I'd always get hurt and you know and get up and do it again until I landed it, or if I couldn't, then I would just have to give up, I guess, or whatever. If I got hurt too bad, but uh. Yeah, that's why I quit, bro, is because, um, is you know, there's no support behind it. You know, it wasn't like you're going to be able to take care of your family if you became a pro skater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then I started boxing. So, I mean, I think I started boxing while I was skating. And then oh, I was really? like, wait, I can't hurt, you know. I can't <laughs> mess myself up, you know. I'm getting paid in boxing. I ain't getting paid <clears throat> in rollerblading. It's worse the uh, um, injury you got in skating. Mm, man one time i whiplashed my head on the concrete man i like kind of passed out for two seconds yeah and then like i got got like a big old cut right there on my i hit a uh yeah yeah i hit a pole i was trying to grind a rail yeah man yeah it sucks a lot of a lot of falling like my wrist is kind of jacked and knees kind of hurt a little bit every now and then but I mean, yeah, that's about it, man. Just you gotta put some extra tape on your wrist when you uh, I just train uh, and stuff. Yeah, I wrap them pretty good. Yeah, as long as I hit the bag right or hit my opponent right or whatever, like mm-hmm. it's usually I'm good. It's usually good, but uh, man, that's crazy. Like me and my bro was like wanting to like go check out some skate uh, competitions so because john still skates like kinda but man he fell and broke his collarbone <laughs> so i was like dang i was like bro see if you get an honorable discharge <laughs> i was like maybe we can see you soon <laughs> you just lie so you got like hit by a bomb or something, or something. <laughs> so you got like no, no, make it sound cooler. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, honorably discharged. I got into a skating accident. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, bro, we're, we're good, bro. Like, it's, 
man it's good man it's uh life is good you keep on evolving you know like that's or maintain whatever you have you know mm-hmm. like that's one thing i could tell the world you know is like you know perfection perfect is never reachable but it's there for a reason because we always have something to strive for like we always have something to to reach at whether we get you know whether we get it get to it or not like i believe when we die we go to heaven we're perfect you know that's that's then but until then while we're on earth we gotta man we just gotta go through it go through the journey take the ups and downs and you know enjoy it like a roller coaster you know because uh eventually you know it stops and and um then we go to our next you know our next pair you know our next level in life Mm-hmm. And uh, like Les Brown says, he said, um, "Shoot for the moon, because even if you don't make it, you'll be among the stars." Yeah. So like, that's how I feel about about life. Like, just keep on trying, man. Like, no matter what. Like, even if you, man, even if you get denied or whatever. Like, like I say, I got felonies. You know, like, whenever I go to get an apartment you know like i have to tell these people i have to relive my past you know and i have to keep um explaining myself and relive it and it sucks like that's not me at all today you know then yes but not today but i still have to face some types of things but god Mm -hmm. has put great people in my life like um great landlords you know and just uh pretty awesome how how it makes it work for you because you know if you don't quit like if you stay positive you're good to people you know you love god like you know like you can't go wrong man like it's just uh it's just life man it's just life like life is oh man life's crazy bro like Mm -hmm. like we could go out you know like we could die tomorrow you know i could die on my way home yeah you know that's just reality like people think it's morbid people think that it's like it's dumb to think like that but not to me like the more i know that death is around the corner that it possibly could be the more i appreciate what i have today so that's that's real like that's how that's how i look at it of course i'm not thinking oh my die, oh my die. oh oh i'm not like scared of scared of it or whatever like thinking it could i just have that realization like it could happen so i gotta live today i gotta live to the fullest or i gotta you know i gotta at least try to make this day good you know because because it could be gone you know like it could be gone same way with whenever i go into that ring I could get laid out. I could get floored. I could lose. I could get hurt. You know, I could possibly die in there, you know? So like, but, but I'm living like, I. so I take it. So I take all them, I take all them factors in the game and I said, I assess them. I, I just know what the possibilities are. Therefore, it makes me that much sharper. It makes me that much more aware. It makes me, my reflex is better mentally and physically so i'm ready i can i can be ready i'm on guard i'm on my toes same way with life i know that this could be gone in the next hour so therefore i try to live it to my fullest yeah yeah tired tired um to realize it too just 
die anytime. Yep. Die in your sleep. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I go to work and it's like getting a car wreck, driving yeah. on the expressway. Yeah. And you know, I I do forget like live your live your day to you know excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I think about oh, what happens if I pass away? Like you, I'm not afraid of it either. I've come to accept it too, like because I don't have any control of it. None of yep. us have control of dying yep. or anything, but it's a good message too, man. Something to think about. I know a lot of people are scared of dying and leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, some don't know what happens after that. So you just have to accept it yeah. and just keep living every day. Keep going. Yeah. Don't fear it. But, um, but real quick, uh, you wanted to, so when this is all over, your career, <clears throat> you said you wanted to open up a gym. Yep. Back home or? I'm thinking on it. Yeah. I'm thinking on, I'm definitely going to be over there though. Like, honestly, like I feel I'm torn in between the two, Shawnee and Pawnee. I know I, one thing I do know is that I, I could have a huge impact in Pawnee if I opened up a world-class gym, boxing gym. I know I can make champions. Mm-hmm. But, like I say, man, uh, Shawnee's like my second home, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot, you know, a lot of people as well as I do in Pawnee. I got family there, so I'm I'm torn in between it. But I feel like God's gonna God's gonna give me the direction whenever that time comes. But I'm definitely if I do open it in Shawnee, I'm gonna be up there twice a week. I'm gonna have something for them to where I can go over there and teach the youth discipline training. You know, just be involved. You know. Mm-hmm. but yeah boxing gym bro all the way we can create champions world champions national golden glove champions olympians you know natives mm-hmm. they're gonna you know i want to i'm thinking knife chief boxing or hope boxing you know mm-hmm. hope boxing was my first pick but knife chief kind of has a ring to it you know yeah but um hope boxing does too because whenever you go and whenever you go learn these disciplines you know there's always hope that's what's up, man. It's open two gyms. Oh, I know it. Yeah. 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 You could mm-hmm. do two. Train train some people to coach. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking, too. I was thinking maybe we could do it. I was thinking, too, maybe, like, have a home base mm-hmm. and then have, like, a charter gym to where we could go to schools, you know, and teach them kids, like, have, like, a little charter, um, I don't know, van, bus, or something where we could put all our stuff in there. Because I do motivational speaking, maybe we have, you know, a couple other folks like, shoot, possibly even you, you know, like mm-hmm. anybody that's down to, you know, inspire the youth, you know, go out there. And honestly, in boxing, you don't need much. Whenever I do my speaking engagements, I'll have a jump rope. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there, jump rope for five minutes, talk to him, boom, boom, boom. I'll just like, see, this is what you got to do. Look, look how boring this is. <laughs> you know, sometimes greatness is boring. You know, sometimes you got to. Get used to these monotonous things, to these things that are repetitive. You got to continuously work on them. So whenever you grind, you shine in the in the spotlight. So like I'll be, you know, do that and then a shadow box, you know. So you really don't need much to uh, to keep the youth's attention attention span because they're already, you know, excited to meet a fighter or anybody trying to do something in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That'd be dope, man. For real. That'd be really dope. I'd be down. 
Just let me know. Mm-hmm. You got everything, my contact info and everything. Better some reservations, you know? Yeah, yeah. Speak to them. And I mean, <clears throat> reservations need it. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It is. It's very rough. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just so hard because you're either just going to stay there or, you know, usually just stay there. That's yeah. how I felt when I was in Pawnee. I, yeah. I just felt like I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stay here forever. <laughs> and I accepted it for a yeah. little bit. And then somehow I got off to New Mexico and had started a journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, now I'm here and met so many people and I've learned so much, you know, gained so much knowledge from different people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty rad, man. It's pretty rad what life does. You just have to kind of go with it and not yeah. think like you're defeated so yeah. much like I was. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's cool, man. And we're still talking, we're still, yeah. still close. So, yeah. um, you got any closing remarks? Anything you want to, anything else you want to say? Um, there's one thing I was going to say, but, um, Shout out to my sponsors. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, like for real though, like like I was telling you though, bro, like I was going through all these trial and errors, you know, with uh, finding someone to support me, selling myself. Mm-hmm. And um, today I'm blessed. Like I have a uh, Kickapoo Casino sponsors me. Mm-hmm. Um, Comanche Construction uh, in, in uh, Purcell sponsors me. Very big uh, construction company. I got Tomahawk Restoration. He sponsors me. Um, he's in Mustang, Chad Singleton. Um, and then I got my parents, um, their business leader, LC, Indian Child Self Governance. They sponsor me, you know, so like it's um, it's awesome. They they support me, help me. They see the work, you know, they see the work. Like on my birthday, I ran 31 miles, you know, like like, I mean, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be great, bro. Like the proof is in the pudding. I know they say it's in the pudding, but to me, it's in the pudding. Mm-hmm. So like. It's whatever you're putting in, you know, the proof is there. Yeah. So, man, uh, God bless y'all. Jesus saves, and you can be great. Just believe it. Take choices one day at a time, whenever it hurts, whenever it's awesome. Just keep pushing. It gets better. Put that in your head, and it'll stay that way. God bless. Thank you. Knife Chief out. And, uh, Dennis, real quick, uh, where can people follow you on social media? Um, you want everyone to know, yeah, yeah. maybe watch your fights on YouTube as well. Oh yeah. 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 Dennis knife chief. Uh, you can look at, you can look me up on a uh, YouTube Dennis knife chief. There's a, there's some, there's probably like 10 plus fights on there. Um, there's some wins, there's some losses. Um, but yeah, still grinding. Um, that's on YouTube, all my fights. Uh, you can look up my uh, documentary called Knife Chief. It's by Mark D. Williams. He's an amazing videographer. And check out his work. And um, you can check out uh, Stin Jody. Um, he had a, a music video. Mark D. Williams uh, did as well. It's called Success. Um, did a little bit of acting in that. That was awesome. Um, you can uh, follow me on Facebook, Dennis Knife Chief. Or follow my fan page, Dennis the Pawnee Express Knife Chief. And on Instagram, Dennis Knife Chief. Um, 
Snapchat's a little bit more personal. <laughs> but hey, thank y'all. Thank you, bro. All right, everyone. Oh well, Dennis, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And man, I'm really, you know, thankful that you wanted to be here and I appreciate it very much. You know, you took time out of your day and you drove here and man, I think that's awesome. You know, I don't I don't know how I could ever try to repay you back or anything, man. But um good, I'm very bro. thankful, man. And uh just thank you for making time for me. Um, well, until next time, peace. <laughs>